The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 91 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom. Representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. This week, Tom and I are here to be the emotional crutch for Chiefs Kingdom as we dissect the Chiefs' loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at Arrowhead. We'll be taking a look at how the defeat has affected the Arrowhead Pride power rankings before we settle ourselves to preview the Chiefs' old enemy, the Las Vegas Raiders. But first... And there's 87 at tight end. Second down to 10. And Mahomes gets plastered by Hassan Reddick. Here is Swift again to the edge. What an answer by Philly. Touchdown, Eagles. Kelsey. Ball comes out. Recovered by Philadelphia. Airs it out. Downfield incomplete. And the Eagles take over. End zone. Picked off. Intercepted by Byard. Third down and four. Right through the hands of Justin Watson. Kelsey can't make the catch. Off his hands and incomplete. Good protection aired out. Valdez Scantling dropped it.
quite what we're used to after a bye week, eh, Tom? No. What was it? They were 5-0. and oh. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid off a bye. Yeah. Before heading into this game. No, they're not what we're used to. Um, quite depressing listening back to all of that. The MBS drop and oh. everything happening. And yeah, not good. Two days removed from the game. Still not best pleased about it. But Nick Sirianni's a Woo-hoo. isn't he? He really is. Yeah, that, uh, that bit right at the end where he's walking down the Arrowhead Tunnel and he's he's shouting out to Chiefs fans that aren't actually there. Yeah, it, it, I, I just get really like small Woo-hoo. energy from that man. Um, <laughs> just, just compensating massively, you know. I think it just proves there's a lot of pent-up frustration in the guys in there, especially after the Chiefs beat them in the Super Bowl. I think that's been all been released now out of Nick Sirianni after that and I, I, I clearly think he's he's hanging a little banner on his door you know on his bedroom door a little banner you know instead of the do not disturb sign it's a little you know week 11 champions banner there for uh, for, for Nick Sirianni yeah. Um, yeah you're isn't right it funny that, isn't it funny what like beating the Chiefs does to teams like <laughs> yeah, whenever the Chiefs lose a game the other team just t- turn into morons yeah like, <laughs> I I never I can never recall the Chiefs behaving like they have like other teams do after a regular season game. Like maybe like the Packers when they beat the Packers, the the undefeated Packers in 2011. That was kind of like, yeah, look at us, we beat the Packers, but that that was okay. The Chiefs were the crap that year, and yeah. they, they managed to beat them. I suppose it was the situation it was at the time. Though. There was the Patriots where we, you know, where we obviously broke the record for the uh, loudest stadium. Yeah, um, I, I can't remember what the aftermath was like yet. But uh, I, I think we were on to winning the Super Bowl after that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems to happen all the time. Whenever the Chiefs lose a game, teams tend to celebrate more than they usually would. But yeah. the Eagles was the, the Eagles like celebrating it like almost as a revenge thing was funny because I don't feel like you can actually get revenge for a Super Bowl loss. Like we did, we had it a couple of years ago, didn't we, with the, the Buccaneers when we beat. Mm beat the Buccaneers in regular season. And like, yeah, it was great that we beat them and everything, but it still didn't make up for the fact that we lost the Super Bowl to them 18 months earlier. Like yeah. Jason Kelsey said it on, on their podcast, you know, that podcast, which is almost as good as this one. Um, they said it on theirs that it wouldn't be a revenge game for him because that Super Bowl's already happened. There's there's yeah. they're not gonna there's nothing's gonna make up for that. So yeah, maybe it's a relief that they can get over the hump that's the Chiefs. Maybe it's them celebrating the fact that if they were to play the Chiefs again in in February, then that they could get over that hump because they've known it. They now know that they can do it. But yeah, for a coach like Andy Reid would never do what Nick Sirianni done. No, ever. Like I don't. I don't think Andy Reid's ever done anything like that in his entire life. But I don't even think the players would do that as such. But for a head coach. To go, oh, Chiefs fans, you don't hear shit now and all that crap. Like, I, I don't See know. Ya. It just, yeah. it, it just reeks of a man that's terrible in bed, and then for once lasted like five minutes, and then now he's giving it all. These nuts, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Short. He stopped short of just putting, uh, making an L out of his fingers and putting it on his head and starting doing some kind of dance. It, yeah, it, it was. It was just. I was waiting for it to happen. When yeah, like emoting like a Fortnite player at the end of the game. Yes. <laughs> <Just> emoting. <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, he, 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 he's a funny old guy anyway, because when he like, when, was it the Super Bowl when he cried? 
Oh, oh yeah, that was it was Crane because it was the it was the national anthem, wasn't it? And yeah, I thought. Uh, I, I think he was. I think he said he was listening to Rocky music before the uh, the Super Bowl <laughs> as well. And yeah, uh, he's just a man, baby, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He is. Imagine like if someone cried during "God Save the King" over here, <laughs> they would they would be crucified. <laughs> <laughs> they, would, they, they would be crucified. They'd never live it down ever. Oh, just I don't know. Like I love, I do love Americans. Yeah. Sometimes there's people that can go over the top with certain things, and Nick Sirianni is like certainly one of those things. Like over the top stuff like that, and like gender reveals with like over the top like cars and stuff like that. Just sometimes I feel sorry for like the Americans that are like kind of like us a little bit. And they 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 want to be get over yeah. here and get away from that over the top stuff. But yeah, gender reveals and Nick Sirianni, two of my pet peeves about America. <laughs> you know, the problem is though, like you were saying, I mean, we're gonna I know we're going over into like a, a kind of cultural shift here, but yeah. I never had a prom after secondary school or high school as the I never it. had a prom full stop. Yeah, we never or had maybe a prom. there was a prom and no one invited me to dance with them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, clearly I haven't either then, um, because I've never had a prom, and it was never really a big thing over here. And same, like you said, gender reveals, it was never a big thing. No. Now, all of a sudden, we seem to be adopting the American ways of life. Yeah. Where my kids are going to be going to a a prom at school. I'm thinking, prom? And they hire big cars, big flash cars to turn up at these proms. I mean, I've watched... Nick Sirianni will be there crying as your daughter gets whisked away. (laughs) I mean, I've watched American Pie. There's none of that going on. I tell you now with my kids, none of that going on. Like the red cup thing. We never, we don't have red cups over here. I've never, I've never <laughs> drink out of a red cup in the UK. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. I instantly thought something else about two cups or something. Right? Anyway, anyway. <laughs> All the dads listening to this podcast, oh, turn that off. <laughs> yeah, enough of those two. Turn that off. Google that video again. Not listening to those Brits, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the American culture does kind of shift over and crosses over into our way of, uh, way of life now, doesn't it? I mean, we're saying that, and we're American football supporters. Very so, true. Very true. You know, we can't really complain about it. Beggars so. can't be choosers. Like exactly. if we want to like American football, unfortunately, we have to part with knobheads like Nick Sirianni. Yeah, that's, that's just yeah. the way it is. Exactly. Let's yeah. get into the game then, because um, I mean. I've had time to calm down a little bit after this. Uh, I will apologize to anybody who follows me on social media. I was quite lit. Really? That surprises <laughs> me, Brad. <laughs> anybody who knows me, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I can overreact sometimes. Have I, you ever I, thought I, about not tweeting after a game? Like, no, I, I really can't. I don't know what it is. I like to get the flavor of what's going on. It's almost like I'm actually sat with somebody at our head talking to them. Okay. Because get the interaction from a lot of fans and stuff. And sometimes, I mean, I'm not always right on Twitter and stuff like that. So sometimes I'll shout something and I'll say, that's that's a flag, clearly. And then they'll go, nah, not really. Mm. <laughs> not really. Calm down, Brad, you know. Um, and it kind of helps me remove those rose-tinted spectacles a little bit, I think. Yeah. Um, but I've had time to calm down. I have had time. And I've had a look at the stats and everything like that that have uh, happened. I've had a, a bit of a rewatch of the game. Oh, and 
Yeah, I don't normally do that. I normally just like, if it's a loss, I'm like, ah, just bin it. We'll it's like on. me. I don't watch Match of the Day if Arsenal lose. <laughs> I don't. And there'll be, there'll, be, there'll be British soccer fans listening to this podcast who will absolutely know what I'm talking about. They'll be, yep. Yeah. Yep. If, if, my, if my club loses, I don't watch Match of the Day. I don't, I'm, I'm just done with football for that weekend. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, you know, and the same I, with the Chiefs. The Chiefs lose. I don't. I don't. Never rewatch any Chiefs losses. No, I don't, no. no. Why would you do that? That's... Well, as a as a Newcastle fan, I didn't watch Match of the Day for years. <laughs> <laughs> Changed a lot since, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, no, I, I have. I have rewatched it, and I had looked at it a, a bit more of a, a critical style, I would say, but also having a bit more of a positive spin on it as well. Okay, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, you, yeah, you, you you have my attention, Bradley, because I'm still <laughs> raging about it. But you're, you're, you're still raging about it. Oh, absolutely! Like the the dropping passes, like it's just unforgivable. Well, yeah, you know is. my opinion. You know my opinion on catching passes. It's it should be much easier than the Chiefs receivers make it look. And today, <laughs> that is what they do for a profession. It's not like they're doing it for a laugh. They get paid handsomely millions and millions and millions of dollars to catch footballs from the yep. best quarterback in the planet. And this quarterback is putting passes exactly where they need to be. I don't care if Pat Mahomes goes, oh, I could have taken a little less off that pass for MVS. Pat, you've done enough. You put it in a spot from 55 yards away. All MVS needs to do is reach out and catch the <laughs> And he still doesn't do it. <laughs> Justin Watson is fourth and 25. Justin right. Watson, who had a good game, by the way. Well, an okay yeah. game, 11 targets, couple of drops, but he was reliable enough. He was getting open, which says something about the Chiefs receivers in the first place. But yeah, Justin Watson, fourth and 25. Mahomes puts the ball exactly where it needs to be. And you let it slip through your hands and deflect up into the air. It was like the Super Bowl all over again. The one against the Bucks, the one I mentioned. Yeah, earlier. yeah, it yeah. Just, yeah winds me up and it's unforgivable like that game purely was on the pass catchers and i'm using the word catchers really loosely right now because they can't catch anything they could come and sit in a house with me and you and they still wouldn't catch our cold what we've had for four weeks they are that useless the receivers at the moment me off like i just don't get it your job is to catch a football and they still cannot do it why are they here why are these terrible receivers in town if they can't catch a football? You might as well just send someone with bloody glue on their hands or any any whacker out there and just let them try and catch passes from Patrick Mahomes because these guys just aren't to scratch. I'm raging. I was I was going to wait to go off, but you know, that, it just pisses me off. It you, really, you sorry are. about all the language and all the effing and blinding, <laughs> but I, I you, we we get up at half past one on a Monday morning, Monday night. Tuesday morning to watch that game. Yeah. At 4.25, we're still egging, at 4.25am, we're still egging the Chiefs on and they can't even catch a pass. Just ludicrous. But you're pretty Maybe much... Just paid how much money? $13 million this year. Yeah. And what's his stats? What, 288 yards or something stupid like that from 11 games? For the whole season, yeah, so far. Mahomes gives him a chance to get 60 yards, like a quarter of his production already this year. Mahomes gives him an opportunity to get it in one hit and a game-winning touchdown and he drops it. Off. just useless so you're pretty much where i was early hours of the tuesday morning yeah i've just never left it you just never <laughs> left it. i just never left the, the, the chiefs right the chiefs should be nine and one if it yes. wasn't for drop passes the chiefs would be nine and one that i accept the denver loss right the denver loss they thoroughly outplayed us we mm -hmm. had opportunities in the end we had drop passes in that game but I'm still not convinced that if they make those catches that their Chiefs win that game. I think the Broncos were 
very, very deserving of their victory over us. Yeah. But the Lions and the Eagles, ultimately, it just come down to drop passes. Yes, there were other things that went wrong. There were like turnovers and whatnot, but you're going to get turnovers. But catching the ball is such a basic skill for someone that should be doing it professionally full time. This is their job. That is their job to catch passes. Mm-hmm. And those drop passes don't happen in both of those games. The Chiefs are nine and one. They have a two-game lead on the Ravens or a two and a, a one-game lead on the Ravens, a two-game lead on the Miami Dolphins. Those two teams should be falling out for the second seed. But now here we are in an absolute dogfight with the Baltimore Ravens now for the number one seed. And if you look at the Ravens' schedule, it does line up massively over yeah. the next couple of years. It looked quite daunting originally, but then you look at it and think, actually, it's not that bad. They've got the 49ers, they've got the Dolphins, but their divisional schedule all of a sudden looks really easy because Kenny Pickett, Cleveland haven't got an offense and Cincinnati haven't got a quarterback. So yeah. it, all of a sudden it just lines up for them. And you look at the Chiefs schedule, yeah, it's a little bit, it's, it's also easy, easier, but with this offense, do you trust them to get the wins that they require? Do you trust them to beat the Chargers? Do you tr- trust them to necessarily beat the Braiders twice. I don't trust this offense at the moment. And I certainly don't trust this offense to go and win three playoff games in a row before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Getting that number one seed is vital for the Chiefs if they want to stand a chance of winning the Super Bowl this year. And the offense is just not it's just not playing its part. It, it's been bad. And in two of the three losses, they have been awful at the most crucial times. And these games should have been blowouts. They should have blown out the Eagles. They should have blown out the Lions. But yet again, the offense can't get its finger out of its and just get on with it. It's just awful. It's, I, I just yeah. don't understand how anyone, like you're going to explain to me how you feel better about it. Two days feels better about it. I don't. I, I, I'm just as pissed as I was like 36, 48 hours ago. It was awful. We've already seen the ceiling of this offense and it's not going to get any better for the rest of the season. That's what I actually felt at the time. And... That was purely because of you're seeing the decline in Kelsey a little bit, and and, and let's let's be upfront about that. Kelsey doesn't look the same as what he did last season. I don't know what it is. He looks slower, or whether is uh, you know his movement's not quite there or whatever. I know he's getting doubled and trebled up all the time mm. because teams are really kind of keying in on him because he's the yeah. only main threat that the Chiefs have yeah. got in the air at the moment. Yeah. So I can kind of understand it. There's a bit of a drop in performance there from him, but I don't know what it is. I don't know. Seeing Kelsey, he does seem a lot more frustrated. And I think it might be because of the offensive, either whether it's the play calling, whether it's the actual the, the lack of talent that we've got on the offense at the minute. Mm. No idea what it is, but Kelsey does look different. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. He's only four games removed from getting 175 yards against the Chargers, remember? Well, like, yeah, exactly. He's not yeah. that. Like, it just the Broncos have found something, haven't they? They, mm. uh, they, they shown the league. Oh, if you just play good double coverage against Travis Kelsey, then the other receivers are so sh- it doesn't make a difference. That's yeah. essentially what it is. So that's what the Bron- that's what the Broncos done. They 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 locked up Kelsey. Then that's what the uh, Dolphins done, and that's what the Eagles done to a point. So Kelsey's production is always going to drop when there's no one else to support him. What you need in those situations is you need the other guys to step up so they can start rotating help towards those guys. And guess what? That then puts Kelsey in favourable matchups. But yeah, Kelsey will be frustrated because he won't mind taking those coverages if the Chiefs are still winning games. But he's losing out individually. He's not getting his individually, but the other guys aren't stepping up and the Chiefs are, uh, Chiefs are losing football matches. The offense aren't playing very well. That's where his frustration comes from. And I completely understand it. If it was all hunky-dory and the Chiefs are putting up 35 points a game and Kelsey's still only getting these yards, I don't think he'd care because I feel I feel like Kelsey's main thing is winning. Is winning, yeah. winning, winning. Yeah, yeah. 
And as it stands, the Chiefs don't look like a very good football team offensively when they're unable to get him involved. Now, that's not to say he's not totally like not to blame here because he did have the ball in his hands and he did have a crucial fumble on on, on Monday night. Yeah. And so he he is part to blame for Monday night's performances. But we seem to get that fumble every single year out of Travis Kelsey. We always get one really bad fumble every single season. And annoyingly, it always comes at the worst times. So like he never fumbles when we're like 24 nil up against the Texans or the, I don't know, that wasn't a dig, by the way. That was literally the most random numbers that come in my head there was 24-0 against the Texans. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't like fumble in those sort of situations <laughs> or like, again, when we're battering the Raiders or the Chargers, it always seems to come at the most crucial times, which is, mm. the, which is obviously the annoying thing about Kelsey fumbles. But the broader point is Kelsey can make mistakes. He can have quiet games if the other guys are stepping up, but the offense isn't stepping up. So of course, Kelsey's going to get frustrated. And that's when you start getting the conversations like you did out of the Wall Street Journal, where you're starting to think about retirement a little bit more. That's something that does concern me. Yeah, that that did come up a few times. And I think, um, you know, it, apparently he thinks about it all the time, which is a bit of a concern. I know he's contracted for the next, what, two years? That means nothing. Um, exactly. You know, if, if a player feel like he, he can play no more, then, then he's done, isn't he? But I think, Kelsey will probably just, he's one of those kind of guys who would see out his contract. And I think he wouldn't want to leave Mahomes and Reed high and dry. He really loves those guys. Um, so I think he would want to play it on as long as he can. Well, you don't but, think he fancies joining the rest of the era's tour? Going to well, Taylor around the world. Yeah, I was just about to get to that. You know, there's things are going great in his personal life right now. And yeah. it does start changing your perspectives a little bit more. I'm not going to say that my five-a-side, six-a-side career was affected by, uh, you know, my relationships. <laughs> but I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> you know, I had to, I had to put aside my career um, in five-a-side and six-a-side football because I just thought, you know what, I'm a family guy now. I'm just going to make sure that I don't get injured and I can play with my kids and, you know, be there for my wife and blah, blah, blah. He's probably in a similar mindset right now. He's probably thinking... Things are going great. I'm with an amazing woman who she's doing a thing. I'm really excited seeing her doing a thing. I just want to be part of this now. And it could just be that he's achieved everything he's wanted to achieve in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl winner twice. He's won so many accolades and he's so many records he's broken so far. He's in a good place. And why wouldn't you want to keep it in that good place? Yeah, I think, do you think the end of season result dictates his decision? Like, probably. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, do you think he retires? I think he would seriously consider it. I really do. I think he would seriously consider it. If he, if he gets three, yeah, I think he's probably gone. Do you know what? Thanks very much. I'm going to ride off into the sunset. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Depend, I think it depends on how they end the season. Like, if the Chiefs end up losing to the, I don't know, the Broncos at Arrowhead and World Cup weekend, yeah, or whatever, then I think he'd probably be determined to come back and say, actually, we've got something to prove here a little bit. Yeah. But if the Chiefs have a good go this season, I even think, like, imagine if they lose to the Eagles in the Super Bowl and Jason yeah. wins his second ring. He's two with his brother. Yeah. Is that, is that a good time for them both to retire, potentially? I was going to say, they're both of them uh, retiring. Uh, they're yeah. both from retiring. Um, the Kelsey brothers come out together. Like Potentially that could be a way it goes, but I suppose it depends on how he feels, how his body is at the time. But I never realised he'd had as many as 10 surgeries. That was a new one that, yeah. that, that we learned this week. So yeah, 10 surgeries is a lot. Like, it is. 
I've only had two, and that one was my appendix. So, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, the recovery time for those is is yeah. really bad as well, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I I had one for um from uh, reattaching my ACL, which was uh, that was a good six to nine months out. You know, an ACL injury, bro. Yeah, yeah. Does that technically make you an athlete? Like, because the only I people I know have had so, an yeah. ACL injury are athletes. Yeah, I also broke my metatarsal as well, so I'm kind of like David Beckham. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do you remember? Cool. Do you remember when we had that in the news? It yeah. was all about David Beckham's metatarsal because we were four weeks away from a World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the, the watch. fun times, yeah. fun times, fun times. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to get on to the point where um, I feel... You're like, meant to be making me feel better, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm totally not doing it that, that well, am I? Um, but yeah, the, the, the positives I've got out of this, we're, we're, we're really down to the fact I was looking at the stats and... When you look at the stats of this game, the Chiefs completely outplayed the Philadelphia Eagles, yet still lost this game. So it gives me a bit more of a glimmer of hope of thinking, well, at least the Chiefs are putting themselves in the right positions. It's just the drops that we've got to clear up. And when you go through it, like, for instance, winning on first downs, we, we, we had 23, they had 16. Um, penalties for first, we had three, they had one. Uh Third down efficiency, we had eight to 17. Theirs was three to 11. Fourth down efficiency, we were better than them on that as well. Total yards, we were better than. Total plays, we had 74 to their 54. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I mean, net rushing yards, 168 to their 114. Mm. Um, yards per rush was more than theirs as well. Yeah. Um, we had less penalty yards, which is a, it was quite a, a massive thing for us. Uh, as Chiefs fans, because normally we're giving away all sorts of holes and stuff, aren't we, as well? Less time sacked. I mean, God, Hurts got sacked five times in this game. Mahomes got sacked once. We only lost nine yards to that sack. Like I said, the, the list goes on and on and on. It just paints a picture of thinking, how the hell do we lose this game? We know exactly yeah. how we lost this game. But it, it kind of reassured me thinking, do you know what? We absolutely should be winning these games. But... As I mentioned before, is it the ceiling that we've seen now from the offense? Is this all we're going to get from them? The production's there, and it's it, it's there for the taking. These games are definitely there for the taking, and that Philadelphia Eagles game was there for the taking. Mm -hmm. And we've just literally dropped an absolute clangor. Yeah, you don't even need the stats to view no. this as the game the Chiefs absolutely won. Like We get to power rankings in a bit, but I put there my comment for the Eagles is what I, um, they stole one, essentially. Yeah, and that's what they did. That, that was a pure smash and grab from the Eagles. The Chiefs thoroughly outplayed the Eagles yeah. on Monday night for the first what three quarters potentially. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. First three quarters, the Chiefs overall outplayed them. The defense was phenomenal on yeah. Sunday. AJ Brown add him to the list of receivers that got locked up by this defense. Legere Sneed was excellent. Trent McDuffie was excellent. Chris Jones excellent. Your three best defensive players had. Their oh, best brilliant. games of the season, yeah. all three of them. They were all excellent. The defense, brilliant. Steve Spagnuolo in his bag. He's now proven it against multiple elite offenses that they can do it. The offense, our offense, moved the ball. Mahomes played pretty well. Wasn't his best game. Wasn't a bad game. He had one really bad play, obviously, in the the turnover, the interception. There was just a terrible, terrible throw. Let's put it. It's not a terrible decision. It was just a terrible throw from him. Yeah. But outside of that, he played well. The offensive line looked good in run blocking. The run game, brilliant. But the problem was they couldn't catch passes. They couldn't no. catch passes in big spots. 
26 drops this year, five of them on Monday night. You have two or three of them back, then all of a sudden you're winning this game comfortably. Yeah, there were penalties, but I think that felt like the Chiefs managed to overcome those penalties at times. Some of them were ridiculous. Obviously, the false start on Creed Humphrey towards the end of the game, which was just a ludicrous decision by the referee. But the overall, the Chiefs offense did pretty well. But the, the worst part about it was that when the ball was being thrown past to a receiver, they simply couldn't catch it. And that is the ultimate difference between these two teams is was one team managed to get the ball, move the ball downfield eventually and finish when they needed to, when they got into the red zone, the other team turned the ball over and dropped passes. It yeah. was as simple as that. It was all entirely on the offense this game. It yeah. was just, yeah, the de- defense brilliant. Special teams was okay. Kadarius Tony returning punts was pretty good. Quite interesting, quite a fun punt returner to watch. Yeah. But yeah, just the offense. Done okay to a point and then just sh- in the bed afterwards. As simple as that. I, don't, I, I, don't, I still don't feel any better about it because you've not told me anything new there. I knew the Chiefs played better than the... Yeah. Than the I knew they outplayed them, but they just didn't finish. And it's because of these receivers, which is an age-old problem that we've had now. It could also be down to the play calling as well because closing out games at the minute is a huge problem for the Chiefs. Yeah, because- they're not in a position to close out. They're not closing out games. Closing out games is like what they used to do back in the Alex Smith days when they used to run the ball for for like entire fourth quarters. Yeah. And just make like, like just drag out games, get like a two score lead and then just like drag out game. But they're not, they're not in a position. They need to keep scoring. They have to keep scoring. But what they haven't scored a point in the second half in three games. Three games. The Chiefs. The supposed like greatest offense of the last five, six years can't score a point in the second half yeah. against teams like against the Dolphins, the Eagles, or the Broncos. I just it's it beggars belief. It really it really does. I, I I I don't understand how anyone can feel better about this game objectively, even after two days. It's just awful. I just think it's a sign of things to come. I genuinely do. I think this we've had what two good games offensively. This entire year, it's yeah. the Bears and the Chargers. That's it. All the rest of them have been just been a hard, hard watch, and it just winds me up. I think where I'm coming from on it is a lot of it can be fixable. It's is not it? as if, well, it's not as if that something like this cannot be ta- cannot be taught. Yes, okay. We, 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 Why we, do you need to teach a 30 year old man how to catch a pass? <laughs> He's been doing it for 20 years. Why do you need to teach him now where to put his hands and how to catch a pass? <laughs> he got a job in this league doing it somehow. You can't fix that. <laughs> you can't. You either got the ability to catch a pass or you don't. They haven't got it. Yeah. You can't fix that. You can fix penalties. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. You, you, but yeah, you me. What? Well, there's no way in hell like they can do catching practice at this age. Yeah, Surely that's not going to make a difference. Oh. I, 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 yeah, you carry on with your rose tinted glasses. Well, I mean, right. like I said, I'm, I'm going on the uh, the angle really that you know, I mean, the play calling could get a heck of a lot better as well. Um, I mean, just going back to what you were saying before about you know the lack of scoring in the last what three games or whatever it was, it it actually goes on further than that, doesn't it? It's like ten games over well, the last ten games, the Chiefs' average points scored in that second half is five point three. What? That's terrible. Yeah, exactly. That's got to be like one of the all-time lows of all teams ever. Has to be. In the second half, over 10 games, 5.3 points. 
because that's awful because even like bad teams trail teams and start chasing points and get some yeah like if you're down three scores you're probably going to score a touch at least a touchdown in mm. the second half because you're going to be a bit more aggressive you're chasing points yeah. so the Chiefs the Chiefs are out that must be like league low for this year it's got to be league low one of the league lows of all time surely I'd, that, I'd love to awful. know what their full if there is anything worse than that I would love to know 5.3 over the last 10 games yeah in the second half, yeah, yeah, that's so bad. So bad, isn't it? Not close so bad. Games. Terrible. It's terrible. You've got the best. You've got the best player on the planet playing quarterback for you. But how them. many times have Chiefs fans mentioned this leading up to the season, thinking, "Ah, we're not too sure about this wide receiving core. It could be good. We were given the benefit of the doubt." No, it I think I, I no, I, I disagree. I I think every every single Chiefs fan was guilty of overhyping this receiving group. Including well, you and well, I. no, we were with uh, the likes of Justin Ross, I think. Yeah, well, he's part of the receiving group. Uh, he was well, part yeah. Of, we, me and you were just as guilty as everyone oh, yeah. else on this. We were saying, oh, it's the most diverse wide receiver group we've ever had. There's so many different skill sets. It's going to be amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I felt like we are just selling something from, like, like Del Boy, like, trying to sell something <laughs> at the back of his van. like Dodgy VCR. Some, some dodgy VCR or something <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, that That's what it was like. We're just selling secondhand broken fake goods. That's what, and that's what our receivers are right now. What a plonker! What a plonker! Get them on eBay for a fiver. That, that's, yeah. that's what our receivers. But we managed to kid ourselves into thinking that they were Rolexes when really they're Casios. That's that's all they are. It just are uh, more fool us. Yeah. Like, we're never going to fall for this again. Like Brett, the the heat is going to be on Brett Veach next next off season to deliver a receiver or probably two or three receivers mm. next year. Is it, well, the pressure is going to be huge, huge on him. And another point about Chiefs fans, like I love Rashi Rice. Right? I think he's been like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. But we are all literally making him out to be the second coming of a Randy Moss at the moment. Like yeah. we're all going like, why isn't Rashi Rice getting a ball? He's like amazing. Like He's not. He's good. He's like a fine player, a very fine player. But because the others are so bad, we think he's incredible. We're thinking he's something he's not. Yeah. Like, I, I refuse to believe that they're not getting him the ball. Mahomes isn't passing him the ball because he doesn't want to pass him the ball. Justin Watson got 11 targets. Yeah. Like there must be something there for Rashi Rice or he's not getting open or he's not doing something right. But at the end of the day, he's not as good as we think he is. He's just really freaking good compared to everyone else. Mm. He is the ultimate big fish in a small pond. But compared to yesteryears, like he would just be like a guy. He'd be slightly better than Demarcus Robinson, but not quite not quite Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. He'd be a fine piece to have, but he isn't like the second coming that we're expecting here. It's just because everyone else is that bad. And I just I just look at this receiving room and I'm thinking, right, who's going to be here next year? Okay, Rashi Rice, he'll definitely be about. Who that's else? It. That's it. That's, that's who, all who I'd to, have. I, I'd kick KT. Have. I'd kick Kadarius Tony because I feel like he offers something different. Really? Yeah, yeah, I feel like he offers. He, he's a change up. Like I would keep him, even just for his pump return ability. I'd keep him. He's excited with the ball in his hand. So, man, I was um, expecting him to fumble the ball all yeah, night. But I'm happy for him to be a guy out of six. I'm not talking about being the guy, a guy out uh, of right. six. Yeah. But the rest of them, do I really care? Like Justin Watson, maybe can hang about as mm. a guy out of six. But at the moment, instead of Justin Watson being wr five or six, he's wr one. That's yeah. the problem. So we need to, we need a clear out. We need at least three new receivers, at least three new receivers into this room next year. 
and you're looking at the free agency market and you see a couple of guys on there. You think, oh, we could get them, but are they going to let go? Like the likes of T Higgins, he's going to be yeah. a free agent, but the Bengals will probably find a way to keep him. Yeah. So, and if he does make free agency, he's going to cost an absolute fortune, probably more than what Tyree Kill made a couple of years ago. And then there's other guys, vet guys like Mike Evans, who's probably looking for another payday. There's a couple of other guys in the list. You think, okay, yeah, there would be complimentary pieces. But really what we need is we need Brett Beach to, to nail a draft pick, finally for receivers. And we also need a free agent as well, or maybe two free agents. And I just don't see how that happens. I, I think yeah. I think we're going to be in a tricky position receive, for receivers for a couple of years. And the Chiefs have only got themselves to blame because they've lowballed so many receivers over the last couple of years and teams aren't players aren't falling for it. Well, no. And they're clearly just going for the bag, aren't they, as well? And it, well, no, they're not going for a bag. They're just going for what they're worth. Okay, they, yeah, they, absolutely, That's all it is. Yeah. They're not going for a bag. Like DeAndre Hopkins, he went for what he's worth. Yeah. But I bet, like, if you can go back now six months and Brett Veach knowing what's going to happen, if he could see Monday night's game, then mm. go back six months. I bet he offers DeAndre Hopkins a bit, bit, a bit more in that contract than he did back in the summer. Yeah. That is for sure. It's too little, too late now, isn't it? That's the thing. We've just got to run with yeah. what we've got. Just got to run the ball now. <laughs> just <laughs> got to run the ball. Just got to run the ball. Just yeah, hand well, it off to Pacheco. Yeah, Pacheco's been doing great as well. I mean, um, he's another one of those players that's uh, obviously a positive and uh, one of those kind of diamonds in the rough that we've seen to have found. But it's again, has Veach been trying to find that diamond in the rough in the uh, in, in the wide receiving room? Because, like I said, none of us are really confident in it right now. So... Is he going to pick somebody up in the draft? I know it's way down the line, this. We're talking well down the line in the draft, but Chiefs fans are starting to talk about it, about what we're going to do now, how we're going to fix this wide receiver problem, because clearly we're not going to pick anybody out from free agency. Mm-hmm. I've seen more mock drafts in the last two days than I have done in the last two months. Yeah, exactly. Genuinely. Yes. Uh, I, so I, there I, we go. Like I, It's to the point where like this is me, someone that takes no notice in the draft whatsoever. I am going to be doing some homework on wide You're even looking at <laughs> like yeah. during spring he, like yeah. and I don't take any notice of the draft but I think it's really going to intrigue me what we do at receiver next, yeah. next April so yeah anyways anyways we've I think we put it to rights for now I've, I haven't convinced you have I but anyway uh, right okay we'll take a quick break when we come back we'll be doing the Our Head Pride Power Rankings and we'll be looking at the Chiefs at the Raiders see you soon Hi there, welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with Brad and Tom. It's this part of the show as usual where we do the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings. So Tom, we need a top five and we need a cellar dweller this week. Okay, in five. Uh, in yeah. five. <laughs> five. You speak proper good England, Tom. Um, <laughs> the Detroit Lions in fifth, I think, warranted. Um, nice comeback win at home for them against the, yeah. the Bears. Uh, Jameson Williams now finally getting involved in the offense a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't think many teams in the NFC will want to play them. I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl, but I feel like they're going to be a fun team to watch in January. Um, yeah, they're the Lions. I'd run through a brick wall, by the way, for Dan Campbell. Yeah, um, I think you mentioned that last week as well, didn't yeah. you? You got a yeah, bit I of a Dan him. Campbell kind him. of fanboy yeah, thing going yeah, on. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Um, uh, in fourth, the Chiefs. Uh, my comments there were is um, Patrick Mahomes actually has the problems that Aaron Rodgers thought he had in Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in third, the San Francisco 49ers, they look back to them, their old selves a little bit. Um, CMC, again, back on uh, the score sheet. and Looking strong Carmel. again. Yeah. Yeah. And second, the Ravens. 
again, jumping oh, right. win against the Bengals. Yeah, from them after their disappointment against the Browns, they could. Well, I, I, I expect them to be the number one seed in the AFC based on who they've got left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in first, uh, the team that stole a victory, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy, really, because the Chiefs would be number one had MBS caught that pass comfortably. It's all down to that pass, isn't it? Yeah, and they, they, obviously that's not the main reason, the only reason we lost. There was multiple things that went wrong. Yeah. But, you know, that's obviously the big one. Um, yeah, but the Chiefs, this shows how fluid and, and uh, how these these rankings can change very quickly. But yeah, the Chiefs would be number one had they been the Eagles, but they didn't. They uh, An age-old problem showed up. So rightfully, we dropped them a little bit. Yeah, and they're in fourth. Yeah. Um, as for our cellar dweller, uh, the Panthers are back at the bottom. Uh, Panthers, shame about the Panthers, you know. Why? What's the shame about? What's the I shame just, about? I, I don't know. They're just not really a, a proper team, are they? They don't. Feel, <laughs> they're not a proper they team. Feel like a proper team. Yeah, what? they feel like Derby County or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you just think, oh, bless them, don't you? Yeah, know? yeah, they're not a proper team. Um, they but they're only they've fallen because the Giants won. They obviously six, uh, right, six, yeah. six turnovers against the Commanders for Sam Howe. Do the Panthers really have a rival? Well. Their division, I suppose. I, I don't mind the Panthers, you know, because I, I really like that 2015 team from the Panthers, which was oh, like, here we go. You, you know, I like Cam Newton. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 team, that 2015 team, the one that went 15 and one and got blown out by the Broncos in the Super Bowl. That was a real fun. That was a real fun team to watch. I, I did enjoy that Panthers team. Um, I like the fact that you know, giving the football to the crowd every time they scored a touchdown, yeah, dancing and stuff. I thought they were an extremely likable team, and that was a team with a a really odd. Receiving core there with like Devin Funches and Ted Ginn Jr. and all that lot. Like, yeah. so it's, proof, it's proof that it can be done. It can be done with back yeah. receivers because Cam Newton's already proven it. But um, yeah, I, I, I like to think the Chiefs overall might be better than the Cam Newton led Panthers, or maybe maybe they're not. Um, but yeah, they, they, they've fallen because the Giants won. Um, I saw a story the other day about Tommy DeVito still living with his mum. Some people saying, "Oh, that's uh, despicable! Can't can't live with his mum. He's an NFL player." I'm extremely jealous. <laughs> I would do anything to live with my mum now, <laughs> and be an NFL player. Imagine so, packet uh, and uh, still living with your mum. I would cool. love to. I, I would love to still be living at home with my mum. <laughs> or your washing done for you, or your Ooh. cooking done for you. Oh, yeah. I just it just. Do you want any more, love? Do you want any more? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> and like, I'm I I'm one of three boys, um, four kids in total, but I'm definitely the favourite son of the lot as well. So <laughs> you don't yeah. mind saying it either. Sorry, you don't mind saying it either. No, no, no. I'm 100 favourite son, and my mum would like if 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 I moved back, she'd love it. She'd like, yeah, you come on, you can, you can put whatever you want on. You want to watch NFL? I'll go out. It's fine. I'll have this <laughs> in the oven for you. Like, it would just be amazing. You know, so yeah, don't badmouth Tommy DeVito. Let him let him take advantage of that all he wants. You stay at home, Tommy. I've stopped the I've stopped the sweet cupboard for you as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah, on him. What you want? Good on him. Where, how do we get onto that? Because <laughs> we're talking about the Giants. Because it's us, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we were literally talking about Nick Sirianni and uh, <laughs> gender reveals earlier today. So. <laughs> Believe it or not, us talking about living at home with our mums is not the weirdest conversation we've had so far on this podcast today. Not really. No, (laughs) not really at all, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Uh, Thanks for that, mate. Thanks for the the power rankings. Always good to see the Chiefs in the top five still. Right, so it's the... uh, Yeah, we'll be previewing the the Chiefs versus the Raiders. And 
interesting time for the Raiders, actually, because they've obviously changed the head coach at the moment, and they've been having a, a bit of fruitful experience with this new head coach, haven't they? Yeah, Antonio Pierce has done a, a good job. Let's, they'll be hoping, well, Raiders fans will be hoping they've learned from their mistake last time. Obviously, the last time they had an interim head coach during the season after John Gruden got fired, they went on to make the playoffs. Yeah. And then didn't give that interim head coach the full-time job. And obviously really? that's when they hired Josh McDaniels and that's how they ended up in the position they're in currently. So obviously Josh McDaniels was gone. The for good for them for getting rid of him because he's a joke of a head coach. Like he is a <laughs> he is typically someone that has just profited from being Tom Brady's offensive coordinator. Let's let let's yeah. be honest, not be around the bush. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. Because he was Tom Brady's offensive coordinator. They he got a good reputation. Like most Patriots coaches do until they actually leave New England. It's typically what happens there. But Antonio Pierce has come in and they've done a good job. I think they've won what is it won three or four, two or three since it's come in. Obviously they lost against the Dolphins on Sunday. But the the Raiders, the Raiders faithful, the Raiders fans, if there are any Raiders fans these days, um, will be hoping that they do actually do the right thing this time and don't go through a full hiring cycle and just give it to the guy that's going to earn the job because Antonio Pierce, it looks pretty good so far. They seem to be a more rugged team. They seem to be a better team, a more cohesive unit. They tend, tend to be together. seems to be some accountability there as well for the Raiders. All stuff that they've just been missing for years. It's been a joke yeah. of a team for years. So it, for them, it's, it will be nice to see some of this. For us, it makes it a little bit of a harder game for us. But yeah, the Raiders. I, I think I think they've been a better team the last couple of weeks. And I do think it does come down to the the coaching changes that they have made. Yeah, we 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 talk about this all the time with different franchises that the the culture change mm. is just as big as obviously having a new head coach or having a new you know offensive coordinator or etc. Yeah. or even new players. The actual mentality and culture change that you need in a team is absolutely the thing that you need to kind yeah. of promote, isn't it? And yeah. You know, they, yeah, they've got some great players there. Devontae Adams, obviously, is one of them. Max Crosby is another one. But they've always been kind of stuck in that rut, haven't they, with the with the with the previous regime? That if you are playing like the losers, you're going to be become the losers, basically, aren't you? So it's changing that mindset, making feel like your your franchise or your team or your roster is a winning roster, mm-hmm. and. It's reflected in the last couple of games. Or so I know they lost the game against the the Dolphins, but they could have won it right at the end. They could, you know, have. they could have won it at the end, um, and you know they've had a couple of good good games before that as well. So I always worry when a team gets a new head coach or a new like football manager. Yeah, new manager syndrome. Yeah, because it's always that right. We've we've cleared out what was here before. It's now to show. It's now time to show the new guy what we can do. This new guy comes in with fresh ideas lets the team loose and they start kind of expressing themselves a bit more, don't they? Yeah. And that's what I always worry about. And I can see that's happened already with the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They've had a few injuries with their main guy, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and we've mm-hmm. got Aiden. Yeah. They put Aiden O'Connell in now, haven't yeah. they? Um, yeah. Who, yeah, he's not great. He's not brilliant. But with that confidence, the coming of the new head coach, it, it uplifts the rest of the players and they all rally around the likes of, you know, the new guy, you know, mm-hmm. O'Connell, they, you know, they they rally around him to try and boost him up. But a bit similar to what they're trying to do at the Jets or have been doing at the Jets with Zach Wilson. 
yeah, they yeah. kind of they kind of started rallying around him, didn't they, and giving him the benefit of the doubt, you know, trying to find his feet and stuff. And they're kind of doing that in the Raiders, really, with Aidan O'Connell, and just giving him that that free reign to actually do something with it. Um, and like I said, it's, it's it seems to have worked so far. Yeah, I do feel the Raiders were beneficial, though, or beneficiaries rather, of some bad plays by the Dolph- Dolphins on Sunday, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Dolphins were fumbling that ball for fun. It seemed on. Tua was guilty. A couple of receivers were guilty. So the the, the Raiders were put in favourable positions by their defence and the, the Dolphins' offence and something. And that's how they scored a lot of their points. But they did only score 13 points against the Dolphins. And the Dolphins' off- uh, defence is playing better, but it's not exactly a great offence. Yeah. So in that regards, yes, they're rallying around. They're playing together. They've, they've got more accountability. All the stuff we've just mentioned in the last two or three minutes is great. But what does it mean tangibly for this offense when it goes against a defense like the Chiefs and you look at their offense you think right who are their who are their big players so obviously you've got Devontae Adams Jacoby Myers and Josh Jacobs yeah so right what have the Chiefs done really really well this year locking up one wide receiver ones yeah that's what what they've made a living out of doing this year They've, they've managed to find a way for opposing offenses to go to their second and third and fourth option sometimes by eliminating their big threat. And that's what the Chiefs will try to do to Devontae Adams because it was only last year that Devontae Adams came into Arrowhead and had an absolute monster of a game against the Chiefs. And okay, granted, that was with Derek Carr and not Jimmy G or Aidan O'Connell, who, by the way, looks a lot like Derek Carr with his helmet on. He's got the same number as well, hasn't he? Yeah, same number. He He just looks like Derek Carr. Like, it's weird, you look isn't a bit it? Like Aiden I'm glad you actually. said that because I thought the same thing. I was because I thought I'd gone back in time thinking, is that, is that Derek Carr? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm interested to see what the Raiders try and do offensively against this Chiefs defense. I feel like they are going to try and establish the run because Antonio Pierce comes across as like this old school, old school style coach. Yeah, uh, like you know, like big man football. That's what we want to play. And yeah, I, I feel like that's what we're going to try and do. And I, I think it's a good plan against this this Chiefs defense. I do, I do feel like establishing the run and getting some success on the, in the run game may enable you to open up the pass game. I think if teams come out passing against the Chiefs, I think that's where you're going to get down wanting. Mm. And that's not to say the Chiefs run defense is bad because it has been okay, but it hasn't been really, really tested throughout an entire game yet. And I feel like the Raiders are one of those teams that just want to play an old school style of football game and they just want to run the ball down the Chiefs' throats. And I think that's what their plan will be against this team. On the other side of the ball, the Chiefs have to worry about Max Crosby. It's oh, simple. He is an absolute monster. Ten and a half sacks so far this year. And he's always seemed to play well against the Chiefs. Uh, to be honest, I think he plays well against anyone. I, he, for me, is like the the next guy in the tier of defensive ends. So like, you look mm-hmm. at defensive ends, you probably say, right, number one, two, and three are Michael Parsons, TJ Watt, and Miles Garrett. Like, yeah. They're, they're the, the, the three. Uh, you can argue that Michael Parsons is an outside linebacker, not typically a defensive end. But yeah, you could you would say that those three are the best edge guys in the NFL. Then I would put Max Crosby like right there behind them yeah. in that fourth and fifth spot. He is that good. He's a game wrecker. Like he's the type of player I'd love to have in Kansas City. Like to have that. He reminds me a bit of like Tom Bahali, Justin Houston, that type, that style, that those pure like edge rushing, pass rushing guys that can just like destroy a game, just single-handedly destroy yeah. a game. That's why I see Max Crosby. So we're going to have to account for them, or him rather. And when you've got tackles that aren't playing particularly well 
But in the, like the Chiefs and giving away penalties, then I think that could could be a, a problem area for the Chiefs. So I'm looking for the Chiefs to also establish the run. I I think this, this is going to be one of those games where both teams just run, run, run the football. I actually think it's going to be a relatively low scoring affair as well because yeah. I think the offense, the passing offenses of both teams have issues. And so I think they're going to lean into their strengths and that is the offensive lines and the running game. And that's where I expect the Chiefs to be and it's where I expect the Raiders to be as well. Yeah, it's interesting you saying that about the uh, the, the, the running game. The rushing yards per game for the uh, for the Raiders is, they're actually 31st at the minute. I mean, and you expect it obviously to be higher because obviously J- uh, Jacobs is, is one of those running backs that is highly revered, isn't he? But... They've only just kind of started, like you said, going to that running game a lot more, haven't they, in the last few games? So, mm-hmm. yeah, you look that's... at Josh Jacobs for the last two of the last three games. Yeah, was his highest running totals for the entire season. Exactly, the highest rush. Like you look at the early early season part of the season, he's getting like fifty eight, sixty two yards, thirty five, forty eight yards a game. In in the last, I take away Sunday's game against the Dolphins, but but two two of the last three games, he's rushed for ninety eight and one hundred and sixteen. Yeah, so no, they're, they're clearly, clearly trying there. to unleash him, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, that's what they're trying to do. And under this new regime, they're, they're yeah. clearly trying to unleash him. Um, but their rushing yards against per game on the defensive side is pretty poor as well. So it could be a, it could be a point where you say that Pacheco might be one of those where he, it might be one of those games where he really goes off um, because this Raiders defense outside of maybe uh, obviously the defensive line, but uh, the secondary. From what I've seen already, it hasn't been well, Marcus Spears. Marcus well, Spears is getting a lot, of, a lot of stick this week from Raiders fans and Raiders yeah. fans because apparently I didn't see this myself, but apparently there was incidents of him giving up on plays and jogging on the oh, field. Really? <laughs> yeah. I believe the seen. Swedish call it yogging. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, uh, that doesn't surprise me to hear that. Uh, That's that strange, that isn't Marcus it? Peters taking yeah. plays off. Yeah, it's I've, I've ne- you almost never see him do that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do that for Kansas City, did he? No, 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 um, no. He didn't. He didn't make business decisions, did he? Um, <laughs> just making sure that he didn't get hurt. No, no. Yeah, I mean, fair play to him if he wants to do that against the Chiefs. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there you go, MBS. You're going to get an uncontested pass. <laughs> oh wait, so you had that on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think what we've kind of established here, they obviously the Raiders are on this. I would say they're on an up, upward trajectory now from what they were at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. because of the new regime. So I'm expecting it to be a bit more of a dogfight in this. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I think with the the Chiefs' offense spluttering as the way it has been, I think again this could be. We've mentioned it before. It could be a get-right game <laughs> if we can get the offense clicking, but. The Raiders are on, are pretty much you know they're they're putting up their uh, they're putting up a fight with a lot of these these teams at the minute and mm. I'm expecting the same same kind of uh, you know up tempo Raiders team that we haven't been used to at the start of the season especially or, in Vegas well exactly yeah up tempo um, and I can't imagine a scenario where the Chiefs are going to do what they did last year with the spinny round huddle like no, I can't. No. The Chiefs aren't good enough to do that. Like you can do that when you're playing well. It's it's but almost like a read the room moment, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Read the room. Don't be doing that right now. Yeah. Imagine if they did, and then someone dropped. A oh, 
God. I mean, that's it's not the time right now to do that. That that's right. kind of fancy, is it? Because we played really well in Vegas since they've moved there, and we like we've won. Every, I think three times in a row we've won there, haven't we? So yeah. um, we do play well in Vegas, and but the the offense always puts on a little bit of a show. Maybe it's because they're in Vegas. That's why they want to put on a show. Oh yeah, I, I don't feel think the Chiefs' offense is going to go that way on on Sunday. I think it's going to be right. Let's get our business done and get out of here with a win as quick as we can. I think I've learned from the Broncos game not to be overly confident or cocky, um, because we were really laughing at the Broncos, weren't we, in that podcast? Oh no, no, we absolutely need to carry on being cocky and arrogant because that's what makes us as good as we are at podcasting. But it, but at the same time. At this moment, we need to have a little bit of perspective and maybe rein it back a bit because we just did lose a game that we absolutely should have won. But yeah. that's not to say that the cocky, arrogant side of our podcast isn't going to come back because it will. Like, we've got to face the Chargers again. We've got to face the Patriots. We've got some teams that we are absolutely going to batter. We've got to face yeah. the Bills. We've got to probably face the Bills in the playoffs, maybe. You know what happens there when we play them in the playoffs? We beat them. So, yeah, the, the cockiness and the arrogance will be back, but it's just taking us... Just a just a wee break, just a short break this particular week. Getting a bit of the shine off for now, aren't we? We'll just let it yeah. get a bit dull for a bit, yeah. Rain it in, just rain, rain it in a little bit. And then unleash it again next week. And then we'll be like Nick Sirianni. Yeah, but we can, because we're podcasters, not NFL head coaches. We can yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, predictions for this game? The Chiefs are going to win 50-0. No, I'm <laughs> That's the first half. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the Chiefs will win this game. They're nine and a half point favourites as it stands. I do think they're going to win. Nine and a half? Yeah, After... no, I think that's generous. That's generous, I believe. That is really generous. Um, yeah, so uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, I think, will win this game. Um, I think they'll win it by a touchdown. Yeah. And I think they're going to win 27-20. Right. Yeah. I've got it a bit closer. I've gone for Chiefs 21, Raiders 17. Okay, so that's the score that the Eagles beat us by on Monday. Yeah, it is. Um, I just think, I think the Raiders might just hang around like a bad smell like we've been used to. I can't imagine that the Chiefs get to 21 because 21 tells me there's no field goals kicked and I think yeah. the Chiefs will move the ball fine on Sundays whether they can score in the red zone. And I can't imagine they're only going to have three trips downfield. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Harrison Bucker will have a couple of things to say in this game. And, yeah, I, uh, I think a bit lower points there. But I hope yeah. I hope it's not just field calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that, mate. That's, uh, uh, that, that, uh, that's been a good chat, I would say. Hmm. Therapy. Thera- <laughs> Therapy. <laughs> in, in fact, you've actually brought me down to your level now. I'm actually still raging now. <laughs> After after thinking, you know what, I'm quite yeah, I'm, you know what, there's something there, there's some positives. Yeah. And listening to you just rant on, it's just brought me back down again. I outwilled you. <laughs> <laughs> okay then, that's all we've got time for this week. We'll be back again on Wednesday to give you our thoughts and reactions from the Raiders game. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of the content we have here at the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And why not check out all the latest chief news and articles on our website, arrowheadpride.com. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.